In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good and Master of life, Come, dwell within us, Cleanse us from all stain, And save our souls, O good one. Mary, because of our joy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we're going to start a whole new section in Romans today, in the letter to the Romans. We just finished those three very powerful and revelatory chapters about God's plans for Israel. And uh, now they're, they're inserted there, 9, 10, and 11, um, Remember, chapter 8 was all about the Holy Spirit. And it ended like, I am convinced that neither death nor life can separate us. Now, picking up, picking up from, from, of course, the discourse on, on Israel, but now, in the light of all he has said about um, our justification being a gift, a work of faith, which is a gift in us, and about the, the power of the gospel. Remember chapter 8? It was all about the indwelling spirit, calling Abba, giving us power, giving us authority over our drives so that we could live a, a life that is pleasing to God and and, and uh, makes sense. And uh, then he stopped. And then he starts, you know, as you, if you remember, I have constant pain in my heart because of my brethren. And then he goes on to describe this revealed teaching that he got from, from God about the future of the Jewish people. And we ended that with that hymn in honor of the depth of the wisdom of God, how inscrutable his ways and so forth. Huh? Because Paul had revealed, Paul the mystic had revealed to him God's plan for the Jewish people. Now he's going to return to talk about um, practically, now we know that we're justified freely by, by God's action through faith. We've heard about the power of the Holy Spirit to have us really live a Christian life. Now he's going to apply that. Um, in the light of also of his plan, God's plan, uh, which we find in... Uh, the chapters up to chapter 8 and then 9, 10, and 11. Now in chapter 12 we go back. So then, I exhort you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, pleasing to God, your reasonable worship. Every word there is very important, you see. I'm exhorting you by the mercies of God. In other words, what I'm going to tell you now you can do by the mercies of God. God will give you the power to live this life that I'm going to outline for you because of his mercy. And it starts, offer your bodies a living sacrifice pleasing to God. Body, soma, means my presence to history, which is physical. It has to be. And so, it's, it's my way of being present to history. 
just as the incarnate words way of being present to history is to be incarnate and have a body. So it's my whole being looked on from that aspect of the physicality that makes me present to history. No bodies, no history. And so, you have, you know, you talk about rocks and trees, but they have no history, even though they go through time. You have to be physical and conscious to have and to be in history. And so this phrase, offer your bodies, means your whole incarnate existence. You see? A living sacrifice, pleasing to God. It's your reasonable worship. Now, reasonable there doesn't mean like, oh, be reasonable, don't be um, fanatical. It means reasonable in the sense of um, coming from the logos within us, you see? Tin logikon latrian, the reasonable, thought-filled, led by the mind, that's, that's the notion, you see? Uh, and do not conform yourselves to this age. That is so important, and I'm going to come back in a minute when I finish the sentence. But rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So it is really logiki, it's really rational, you see? We're truly rational and reasonable when we're moved by the Holy Spirit. We go on, we go beyond the rational norms, you see? Uh, it's good to be moderate in food, yes. It's also good to fast. And that is beyond, see? But be renewed by the renewal, transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you esteem the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Use your minds to understand the will of God and do it. And the more you do it, the clearer your mind is, the more you see the will of God, the more you do it. And then your mind is being transformed, you see? Uh, That's what he means by being transformed, by the renewal of your mind. It's this... um, I should have put left the Greek text out since I'm going to read too, too much here, you see. Anakenosi, um, which is ana and kenon, which is the word for, for one, renewal, literally, of your noose, of your mind, of your thinking. Because if you're renewed, then you can esteem, you can see the will of God, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What's wrong with our society right now? We're not offering our bodies to the Lord. And we're conformed to this age. And the age is dominated by darkness. And so, we tend to go along with it, to our ruin. And that's what Paul is saying, you see. You have to know the will of God, and then you have to do it. Well, in so many areas, we're not, um, we're not clear about the will of God. And that's because of the disorder of our lives and our minds. And one of the greatest, um, responsibilities of a creature, of a Christian, is to take care of your mind. If you get confused in your mind, there's not much hope for you. So you gotta watch what you read, you gotta watch 
if or if you watch TV, what you watch. You've got to listen and judge, especially the newspaper and the boob tube. You know, what's coming through to you there? Are you judging it? Do you see how false it is? When I go to the gym, I'm often doing my workout on the, what do you call that thing, the treadmill, and there's a TV in front of me. And I wind up sometimes in front of this station which is showing soap operas. Now, there's no sound, blessedly. But you can tell what's going on. And it just is, who's going to commit adultery with whom? That's the big plot. Week after week, day after day. That's totally corrupt. That gets into your head the horror of breaking up God's plan for marriage and the superficiality and the uh, confusion of mind that that way of life brings you. And yet it's a lot of life in suburbia, or as a friend of mine used to call it, disturbia. You know, it, and it's dominated by these values. That's what Paul is saying. Watch it. You see, take care of your mind so that you can esteem, you can understand the will of God and therefore what is good and pleasing and perfect. And if you understand that and live it, even in this life, blessed are you, because you will know the Lord and you will be friends with the Lord and you can trust the Lord and you can rely on his guidance because you'll be getting it. When our mind is so confused, I mean, if I'm an alcoholic and I go to God and say, do you think I should continue drinking? Of course, I know what he's going to say, but I'm not going to hear it because I'm attached to drinking or adultery or thievery or whatever. In other words, in other words, we have to have a sound mind and that comes from clinging to the word of God. So, he goes on now. For I say in virtue of the grace given to me to everyone among you do not overestimate yourselves beyond a moderate estimation. Rather, estimate according to a sound assessment. Start with this. You ain't the biggest catfish in the sea. I don't know if you ever heard that song, Shadrach. You ain't the biggest catfish in the sea. We're all so self-centered that we, you know, uh, one of the great um, koans in Buddhism is to say, is this pen going or coming? Tell me. Well, I can't. It's like it's going from you, but it's coming to me. It's to stretch your mind so you start thinking, what am I really doing, you see? Estimate according to a sound assessment. To each one, as God has measured out the measure of faith. Faith is a way of knowing. See, faith isn't, I subscribe to this uh, formula no matter what it means. If the church teaches it, I'm all for it. That's a good beginning. But that's not an adult response. You're supposed to know what the church is teaching. You're supposed to know what Revelation is teaching. You're supposed to know the Lord and what His will is in general and for you. That's the beginning of maturity of a Christian mind. It's been so long since that's been held up as an ideal. It's difficult.
for us to grasp. But most of this early part of Romans 12 is all on that. Take care of your mind. What's going into it? What are you reading? What are you looking at? What are you listening to? Are you doing anything to build up your mind? Of course, reading Scripture, but also good books. Good book about the assessment of where we are right now in the world. Subscribe to some good periodical that's objective. And, you know, rely on yourself and others to know when it's not objective. But be informed. Um, and so forth, okay? Then, to each one has, as God has measured out the measure of faith, all right? And now, just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so too we, being many, are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. The sentence goes on, but do you know that I'm a member of you, and you are a member of me? We are part of one body? Now, we talk about the body politic. and We mean just the group of folks and the way they operate. Paul does not mean that when he calls it the body church. It's a physical entity. We are meant to be bound by the Holy Spirit so that even physically we're close together. Emotionally, our values, our judgments, our willingness to help one another. We're one body. Now Paul, you see, uses the word soma, body. I think I've described this before. In Hebrew, there's the word basar, which means flesh. And kol basar means all the human race. But body, which is a more abstract word, it's in Greek, and Paul took advantage of that to talk about the church as one body. All right, we'll stop now.